0: You can be seated. We're so grateful for you being here at Life City Church. And before we get into the message, I just want to share a couple of things briefly with you. On next Saturday, around about 1030, 1045, we're going to be uh, hanging door hangers and out praying and walking, inviting people to church. We'd love for you uh, to be with us uh, next Saturday um, as we do that. And then also next Sunday, um, our friends at Sanctuary on A Street, they'll be hosting uh, Summer in the Sanctuary event at two o'clock. Um, there's information on our Facebook page about that, but we want as many of you as that can go and just support them and be part of that. Uh, we want to uh, go in and just be Life City and just be alongside our partners as they do something great. Um, they're doing amazing things in the community, really reaching uh, students and at-risk youth, and so we want to be a part of that and just celebrate them. Can we say Amen? Amen, amen. so we've been in this series. Uh, vintage faith, and I'm excited about the fourth part of this. I believe it's just going to be uh, really directional for our church and really just put a deposit in us that I think is going to thrust us to the next level. But we've talked many times, and and if you've been part of this series, you've heard me give you this illustration about the fact that when I was uh, an assistant uh, or in the education field and I was a teacher, they gave me a key to my room and You know, sometimes being a coach and different things as well, I had to get other places and every other place that I had to get, they had to give me a different key. So by the time I had been there for uh, a couple of years, I had this keychain full of keys. And so every time I got to a door, I had to flip through all these different keys to get the one that I needed. Uh, But as I moved up and became a dean and assistant principal, they gave me a master key. And if any of you know what a master key is, it's a beautiful thing because it allows you to get into every place that you need to to get with the same key. And so what I shared with our our church is that for us as believers, faith is the master key. So it opens up every door that we need to get to for the things of God. Can we say amen? And so what we've taught, though... uh, In in regards to faith in in many churches is sad in that we've only taught a part of it. We've taught, you know, you can name it and claim it. You can blab it and grab it. You can call it and haul it. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. And what happens is is when my name is Jimmy and I don't get what you said you were going to give me, I get frustrated. Because I've only taught a part of faith. But really, faith is all-encompassing. It allows us to access everything That God has for us and so but I want to I want to shift gears this this Sunday as I was praying and preparing this word I want to talk to you today about the faith that moves I want to talk to you about the faith that moves and as I was praying over this message this scripture just dropped in my heart and it's not the only one but I want to share it with you to kind of set the stage for what we're doing in Deuteronomy 2 verse 3 it says you've circled this mountain long enough Now turn north. Very simple sentence. And and what's happening is God is talking to the children of Israel. He's actually talking to Moses and giving instructions to the children of Israel. And if you know anything about them, God brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of bondage. um, And then he wanted to bring them into the promised land. Now, to understand the significance of this verse, you've circled this mountain long enough. You have to understand that the journey that the children of Israel needed to take to get to where they were going should have taken only 11 days. So an 11-day journey, and this is when I really began to think about this, it began to arrest my spirit, because an 11-day journey for the children of Israel took them 40 years. Is that, that maybe I'm the only one that, that just blows my mind. It take, because when I want to get somewhere, I want to get where I'm going. Come on. But the children of Israel, they get out of bondage and they've had all these promises about getting in the promised land. And what happens is, is they're stuck on an 11 day journey for 40 years. But not only that, that's not the significant. God. The the Bible says uh, that God said to Moses, you've circled this mountain long enough. Now, to get the significance of that, I want you to picture a mountain in front of me. And this entire multitude of people are walking around the same mountain for 40 years. How many of you know if you walk around the same mountain for 40 years, you are lost? (laughs) I know that's real deep and profound, but if you're walking around the same place, some of y'all gonna catch this in a minute, for 40 years without moving forward and moving in the direction that God has for you, you are lost. And so what happens is, is God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt But because of their mindset, it took them 40 years to get Egypt out of them. And so many of us, the problem is, is that God has brought us out of something, but now he has to bring some things out of us. The faith that moves. And so God finally, he says to Moses, you have walked around this place long enough. How does that translate to us? You have gone through what you have gone through long enough. You've dealt with the same enemies, the same giants, the same struggles long enough, and sometimes you will deal with them until you get tired of them. How many of you know there's some things that you, you, we, we say we're waiting on God, but the reality is that we've got to get sick and tired of it. Because what we will tolerate always continues. And so as long as they were content to just continue to walk around the same thing, continue complaining about this, complaining about that. God, why are you not doing this? Why did you bring us out? You brought us out just to kill us for 40 years. Same, same complaints, same confession, same circle, same cycle. How many of you had some cycles in your life? Cycles in your family, cycles in your home, they just seem to continue and continue and continue until you say, you know what, God, I have had enough of this. And so God comes to Moses as the leader. He says, look, you, you, you singular, have walked around the same path, the same journey, done it the same way long enough. Now it's time to move north. In other words, now it's time for you to go Forward. I'm not content for you to stay in the same place you're in right now. And see, what it is is some of us, we get stuck in the same place, but we're not really tired enough to move forward. And so we say, I'm okay as long as it doesn't get any worse than it is right now. I don't care if it gets better. I'm just okay if it doesn't get any worse. And so that mentality keeps us stuck. But God says, no, no. My, my sister, no, my child, no, my son, no, my daughter, I want you to stop circling this mountain and get up and move forward because faith always moves. Now, what, what, what happens is how many of you, you, you have one of those meals It was just so good, just tasted so good, the Thanksgiving meal, the Christmas meal, sometimes it wasn't even an occasion, just an after church meal, it just was so good. And you say, you know what, I'm going to get some seconds, it's good, I just, I just enjoy this, it tastes so good. And after you've had your fill, what happens? You go find a chair somewhere. Am I the only one? You go, you go find a chair somewhere. You go find a couch somewhere. And you say, you know what? I'm just going to chill for a little bit. I'm all right. I'm going to throw something on. Next thing you know, your eyes start getting heavy. <laughs> and then you And you know what? What happens is, is you had a great meal prepared. It tasted so good. But if you have enough good meals, the meal won't move you. The meal will keep you. If you eat so much and you don't move, you'll get tired and go to sleep. And so, but real faith was never designed to put you to sleep. Real, des, real faith was designed to fuel you so you could get up and do something. And, and, and I know this isn't popular here because in our time, we've taught that church is all about me. And the walk with God is all about me. So everything is is centered around us. We are the center of the universe, but that's not Bible. The Bible is actually, yes, God loves you and you're the apple of his eye, but he desired to put something in you to do something with. And so what it is, is he's not just wanting to do something in you, but wanting to do something through you. Is this catching somebody here? You you gotta believe that because some say some people will sit in their seats right now and say my life is about as good as it's gonna get right now I'm good with just that but the reality is is that all that God has invested in you all that He's deposited in you all that all the vision all the assignment all the things that He's put in you are not for you they're not for you they're for those who haven't heard Him yet and so why did I have to go through this why did I have to go through this struggle because I put something in you to bless somebody else. I put something in you to help set somebody free. But you've got to believe that you were designed to make a difference. See, you were you are not, whether you believe it or not, you were, you were not designed for people to just constantly fill you. But you were designed to be filled. What sense would it make to, to constantly go to the gas station, watch this, and then just go, after you go fill up, just drive home and don't do anything with the car? You put gas in there so you can get where you need to go. Church is your gas station. And you're designed to be filled up to go do and fulfill what God called you to do. Here's what, let me give you an example. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, and here's what he says. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing Where he was going. So here's the principle. Real faith is never passive. Real faith is never passive. It's always active. And this is why we can get frustrated in our walk with the Lord because we, you know what, if you're like me, some of us say, Lord, I need you to speak. Lord, I need you to tell me what to do. I need you to show me what to do. And when he shows us, we don't do it. And we get frustrated because we, we're asking him, and, and, and this is, I want to encourage you. I don't want this to be condemning. I want to encourage you the fact that if you're going to ask the teacher for instructions, you've got to do something with the instructions that he gives you, or he's not going to give you new instructions. And we get frustrated in our walk because we want him to say something different. I call it candy Christianity. The sh- the sh- you know, because it's a, keep giving me candy because it tastes good. But Lord, no, give me some vegetables so I can get, get nourished and go out and be what you created and called me to be. See, your life and your circumstances and your situations have lied to you and told you you were not called to anything. Who am I talking to today? See, some of you, you came in and you gave up on that dream that God placed in you to do something significant in this world. And he came, he sent me today to wake that up again. To wake up your purpose, to wake up uh, his plan for your life, to wake up his assignment for your life. And your assignment is meant to bless those who have not heard him yet. Say, God, use me. Oh, we got to get serious about this thing because if we think that it's only about us, eventually we'll be dissatisfied. But there's only one true way to get real satisfaction in this life, and that's to constantly give away what God put in you. You say, well, nobody cares about my dream. Nobody cares about what he put in my mind and put in my heart. Let me tell you something. If you get some faith, there's somebody out there. The the, the struggle you are walking through right now is going to be needed three years from now when you share it with somebody else so you can help get them free. It's not comfortable for you right now. But if you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to go through this by faith. I'm going to believe that you're going to bring me out and bring me to the place that you want me to, to go by faith. Somebody else will get set free. So he says this. He says, Abraham, the Bible says Abraham went out as the Lord told him, not knowing where he was going. We want all the answers up front. Lord, I'll go, but I need you to tell me, like, go here at this time, and you're going to do this. He said, no, what, what, I, what I want to do, what I'm going to do in your life is I need you to go, get away from all you know, then I'll tell you where you're going. Real faith is never passive. It's always active. Here's the next thing. God never speaks. This is important. When you talk about you want the voice of God in your life, you want the direction of your God in your life. Understand this. He never speaks to a man to keep him where he is. Never. You won't find it in Scripture. Faith always speaks to where God has taken us because real faith moves. So it always speaks to the vision that he has for your life, the one you thought was impossible, the one you thought it, it, it could never happen, it was never going to work out, it's never going to happen. No, real faith is speaking to where he's taking you. But if I'm going to get where he's taking me, I've got to be uncomfortable with where I am. So you ever wonder why? Why is there tension in this place in life where I am right now? Because God didn't want you comfortable there. Because if you get wherever you get comfortable, you'll go to sleep. So I just need you to be a little uncomfortable so I can push you further. You're like, God, I I just want to get to a place where it's just all peace all the time. You you Lord, I just need a day of relief, a phone call with no problems. I need someone to text me today and not actually have an issue. I need someone to call me, just let let me know you actually care about me. (laughs) Different message. Faith always speaks to where God is taking us, but are we willing to go? Genesis 12, 1 through 3 is actually the reference where the Hebrews verse is taken from. It says, now the Lord said to Abraham, go forth from your country. Go from your relatives. Some of y'all got some relatives that, sorry, we finished relationship goal a couple weeks ago. From your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. And so you shall also be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you will I curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God is a God of movement. He's not a stagnant God. He's a God of movement. And this ought to encourage you because when you have, if you have life and breath, you've got purpose. And that means that God is constantly moving you somewhere. He's moving you towards something. And so you, got, you can't get hooked up on the frustrations and the challenges and the tests and the struggles of, and the trials of where you are right now because God is even God enough to use that to move you to the, the place that he has for you. But he makes some promises to Abraham that I think are interesting for us too. Here's what he says. He says, God promised Abraham these things. One, he said, I'm going to multiply you and increase you. God is a God of increase. So it stands to reason that if God is in something, in your life, watch this, because we've been afraid of it, he wants it to grow. It's quiet in here. But as with any plant or anything else, when something has to grow and flourish, God has a part, but we have a part too. And the thing, the thing that has, has messed up our walk is we've preached 100% God's part and none of ours. But there must come a surrender where we say, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you're tugging on my heart to do, I'm willing to do so I can be what you want me to be. Because if you don't allow God to define you, this world will. If you don't allow God to define you, your circumstances will very quickly. I heard someone say, and I believe it, if you don't hear the voice of God, the voice of those he's called to pastor you intentionally, you'll hear the voice of the enemy by accident. So you've got to listen to the people that God has put in your life to speak into your life. It's so important. And li- let me understand listening. When I say listening, it doesn't mean, yeah, I heard you. I hear you. You know how we say that when we really, yeah, I hear you. God wants to do such and such in your life. And um, you've got a purpose. He's got a plan for your life. And you know what we say? Yeah, I hear it. I hear you. I've heard it all before. Right? The reality is, when we get back to this place, that where I am is not where I was designed to stay. But it's designed to prepare me for where God is taking me. How many of you believe you actually really do have a purpose? And don't, don't, it's okay if it stays quiet because I realize some people have been through so much that they don't believe they have a purpose anymore. But say, God, wake it up in me today. It it may seem like it's dead. It may seem like the struggle and the test and the sickness and whatever it is that's come your way has killed your purpose. But God is big enough to breathe life in it. Let me tell you how how powerful the breath of God is. Don't you realize that you are still functioning on the life that he breathed into Adam? Because every time God breathes, something happens. And God is not like us where he just does it and it stops. When, God, when he speaks, it just keeps going and going and going and going. That's why he could say, let there be light, and light still exists. Light still exists now on the word he spoke many, many years ago. Now, if that's still going, his design and what he spoke on your life has not died just because you've been through something. Hmm. He promises not only to multiply him and increase him, but he promises to bless him. That word bless means an empowerment to succeed, prosper, and move forward. So when he promises to bless us, that means he's promised to put you and empower you to move. See, we thought blessing was money, house, car. (laughs) And when you get all those things, you still are not fulfilled. Because it doesn't have anything to do with that. God will give you all that. He says, seek the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Things we worry about, things we chase. If we just seek him, he'll, he'll add it to us. But that's not the real goal in life. The real goal in life is to constantly move in the direction that he has for you. So my question is, what stopped you? As you sit and listen to my voice today, what made you quit? What made you decide that God didn't want to do something significant in your life anymore? What test made you say, I'm throwing up my hands, I'm done, I'll come to church, but that's it? What lie did the enemy tell you to make you feel like it was over? You know the only weapon he has is lies? That's it. And once you recognize that, that means once he starts whispering, once he starts talking, you know what to do with it. Why would you carry on a conversation with someone you know is lying? Why is the lie easier to believe than the truth? He tells you you're good for nothing, you always mess up. But what God says is, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Not some things, all things. Why is it harder for us to believe that than it is that we're not going to make it? Things are not going to get any better. Do you know some of you said last week, I don't know how I'm going to make it, yet you're here today? You say, I, I, I don't have any more in me. Yet you still are functioning today. Because, not because we're so good, but because God is faithful. And he who is faithful and calls you will also do what he promised. He also says, I'll give him a reputation In other words, it wasn't about the glory for him, but he says, you know what? If you follow me and you obey me, I'm going to put something on you that gets the world's attention. And then he says, and this is the part where I really want us to be as a church. He says, but I'm also going to make you a blessing. So now I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to let the blessing flow through you so others can succeed too. Don't you? Wouldn't you want your family and the people on your job and the people you come around with for them to walk and experience God because you're there? I mean, something happened when you just just walk in the room and the atmosphere changes. You just walk in the room and people feel faith rising up in them. You you, you, you ever get around those people where you, I, I get around them sometimes, but you get around those people where you didn't have any faith, but you get around them and it's like, okay, I can run through a troop. I can leap over walls. I can do it. See, those are the kind of people you need to be around, but some of us are content to be around people who are constantly negative. (laughs) Selah. I'm also going, and this is the one that really messed me up. I'm going to bless others to the degree that they bless you. That's powerful. That's powerful. You can walk in a level of obedience that if people just bless you, if people just encourage you, if people just help move you forward, God will move them forward. He never designed for us to live in a vacuum, though many of us are content that way. It's easier that way. As long as I'm comfortable with what I can do and what I can accomplish, but God will put a blessing on you so powerful that if people help you, you If people just help you, not that they got to be noticed, but if they just help you move forward, God will bless them. That's, that, you understand the power of that? He's saying that I've, I have put something so significant in you that people who walk with you will be blessed. Joseph walked in that kind, of, that, that kind of blessing. He says God was with him, so it didn't matter what life did to him. Wherever he was, God said God was with him, and he prospered. So he got thrown in the pit, he prospered. He got sold as a slave by his brothers. He prospered, the house prospered. He got thrown in jail, the jail prospered. Say, do it in me. Y'all believe God can do that? Say, do that in me. Do that in me where I walk on a job or I walk in a store and the whole store is blessed just because I walk in there. See, some of y'all are like, this is kind of spooky. No, it's not. This is Bible. God said, I'll put something on you that affects the world around you. Do you ever ask yourself, God says you're the salt of the earth. Now, let me explain something to you. It's not in the notes. They'll get mad at me. I'm moving. I promise. Uh, But he says, you're the salt of the earth. And you ever ask yourself why he refers to you as the salt of the earth? Because salt ought to make something thirsty. My question is, how often do you go a place and people get thirsty for Jesus because you're there? You are the salt of the earth. That means where God places you, there ought to be an attraction to him. Every blessing promised to Abraham was contingent upon obedience to one thing. And you'll miss it if you read it too fast going. If Abraham had not gone, he wouldn't have been blessed and we wouldn't have been blessed. So he had to go. The blessing was never attached to staying put. It was attached to moving. We often want all of the answers now, but God's way to reveal is as we obey. So you say, God, I want more revelation in my life. I want to hear you more clearly. Start walking more obediently. Every step you take is a new level of revelation that comes. "Oh, I didn't know. See, I didn't know this was over here because you hadn't taken the step yet. It's crazy. You, you know, there's a, a, a songwriter said, "Faith, it takes faith to step out on nothing and believe that something is there." As powerful. So you when the world is saying, I don't know how you're doing this. I don't know why you would do this. I don't know why you would walk by faith. You know what? God told me to. So I'm stepping out on this word. And even though there's not foundation there, by the time my foot hits the ground. faith. Man, I'm excited all by myself today. Y'all don't even have to be excited with me because, see, real faith is this. is that, you know what? The doctor said this. But by the time I get to the appointment again. See, see, I I told the church last week, I said, today is Sunday and everything on our calendar tells us it's Sunday and we're used to Sunday and we woke up according to Sunday. But if God showed up in here and said it's Tuesday, the day just changed. Why? Because God said it was Tuesday. The same thing is true in your life. Sickness may have shown up, but when God shows up and says you're healed, that changed what you knew before, regardless of what you're looking at. When he said, you know, you're not going to make it, you're going to stay broke, you're never going to have enough. But God says, you know what, I'm giving you a full supply. Listen, your reality changed when he spoke over your life. Who can I encourage? They stop buying the lie of the enemy and start living in the reality of what God spoke over you. Each, each step. Of obedience takes us to a new level of understanding and so here's what Hebrews 11 9 10 says it says by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob fellow heirs of the same promise for he was looking watch this he was looking for a city which had foundations whose architect and builder was God we have to ask ourselves this question faith requires it it says that is it about me or is it about mission is, it, is, is everything about the 24 hours in my day about me or is it about what God wants me to do? See, Abraham was able to move out because he was looking for something. Don't miss that scripture. He was looking for a future that had been crafted together by God. And, and the problem is we get disappointed in our lives because we're looking for something that has been crafted, organized, constructed, and put together by us. And we say, God, why do I keep hitting a brick wall? Because what you're chasing is not what I designed for you. I have good things designed for you. I have a future and a hope designed for you. I've designed your destiny, but I need you to stop chasing the foolishness and start chasing me. But see, see, what God will do is he'll, he'll hide. Man, this isn't in my notes. But what he'll do is he'll hide what you think you're looking for. And you know what he'll do? He'll hide it behind himself. Because he never wanted us to get caught up in the thing, but he wanted our obsession to be him. And if it's him, he'll say, you know what? You love me so much. This, this is easy. This is easy for me. Proverbs says that he holds success in his hands, which means that everything that we're ch- he has it. But the problem is, is he's saying, don't look at my hand. I need you to trust that, that my hand has it. I need you to seek my face. My hand doesn't talk. I, I, I want to talk to you. I want a relationship with you that, 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 that compels unconditional obedience. I want you to be so close to me and know my voice so well. Watch this. That when I say, move, you don't say, I don't know how, you just move. Don't you know you can have a relationship with God like that? Where you're so close to him. Sister, I need you to move. And you say, okay, God, I don't know where we're going. Like Abraham, but, but I know your voice. I gave this illustration. Probably I don't think I've ever given it to this church, but God constantly likens his people to sheep. And the thing about sheep is sheep don't have good vision, if you know anything about sheep. So that means if a sheep doesn't have good vision and they have to follow the shepherd because that's the voice that gives them comfort, how do they follow him and they don't have good vision? Because they have to know the shepherd's voice. We're conditioned to constantly move by what we see. That's why we say things we shouldn't say, get into arguments we shouldn't get in, because we're moving by what we see. But if you don't take anything from this Vintage Faith series, you are designed to not move by what you see, but what you hear. Illustration. I will get through these slides. (laughs) But illustration, there's a prophet, Elijah, I shared this maybe last week, and he had prophesied there's not going to be any rain except at my word, and then God sends him away for years. King is searching for him. He comes back. He says, go, go, get the king. i got something to say to him. It's going to rain. Says what he has to say, and then he goes about his business. And Elijah, he's there with his servant, and this this is interesting. He says, tells his servant, go out because I, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And so his servant goes out. He's like, I don't see anything. The Bible says that Elijah, he, he takes his hands and then he puts his face in his hands. Why? Because he didn't want to be moved by what he saw. But he wanted to be moved by what he heard. So he says, go, go out again. And check. And the man comes back. He says, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. He says, go, go, go. Tell him it's about to it's about the storm in here. You've got to understand something in your life, even though what you look like, you don't even feel like there's a glimmer of hope for God to move you. You can't move by what you're looking at. Sometimes the, the word for you today is you need to close your eyes and start listening to what God said and what he promised over your life. I don't care what you are looking at. I don't care how impossible it seems. God is speaking to you. If you just close your eyes, He's speaking to you. And say, "I'm still going to do it." In order, many times walking by faith, I just have to remind you, it has to look like it's not going to happen. <laughs> you ever been there? You you no. Let me let me be real. You you came out of church and you were so fired up. Your faith was so built, and then some. It, it just you know, you're like, I know it's going to happen. And then you got, like, what you're faced with is the direct opposite of what you said you believe. Because it has to look like that. Because if it doesn't, you'll take credit for it. And I'll take credit for it. But God says, what I want to do in the lives of you today, I want to do something that only I'm going to get the glory for. People are going to look at you and say, how? how, Because they look, they look by what they see. They're going to look at you and say, how? How? God did it in you. And you won't get mad at him. You say, you know what? I, I just followed the voice of God. I just did what God wanted me to do. And he started blessing me. Real motivation should always lead to movement. Our blessings in life are attached to our assignment. Our blessings in life are attached to our assignment. As we follow God, the blessings follow us. Matthew nine thirty six. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray or beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into whose harvest? His harvest. So we often won't go after the harvest because the harvest does not look convenient. Our blessing Is attached to harvest. You know what harvest is? It's the gathering of what's been sown. But we won't go after it often because it is inconvenient. Lord, I'll go after what you have for me, but I'll do it if it fits my schedule. How many of you know God is not glued to your schedule? He's not glued to my schedule. When When God shows up, he shows up to rearrange your schedule. While the earth remains, here's the principle. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, and the day and night shall not cease. Says something else about harvest. The sluggard or the lazy person does not plow after autumn, so he begs during the harvest. Here, here, let, me, let me help you understand something. If we do what God says in planting time, this is what this is all about. See, people have preached this about money. But the reality is, is that God is saying that you can get what you need to get in harvest if you do what you need to do in autumn. In other words, if you follow my instruction here, where it doesn't look like there's anything. You ever been there? God is speaking to me, but I don't see how I'm going to do any of what he's saying. Lord, I'm going to do it. Whatever, whatever, Lord. I'll just do it. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. So when he moves you to harvest time, you're able to pluck up something. There's, there's You know what harvest is? Harvest is evidence. Harvest is proof that I obeyed in seed time. And so what I shared with our church many times is we get frustrated because we look for harvest on seed that's been eaten and not planted. Makes people mad when you say that because they only attach it to one thing. But planting is, when we talk about planting, it's not just one thing, it's just planting means that God has given me a responsibility to plant So that means when harvest comes, I can gather. And and here's the funny thing. Here's the beautiful thing. Harvest does not look like what I planted. What would if if at harvest time all you did was pick up a bunch of seeds? (laughs) You'd be like, well, what did I do that for? (laughs) But the reality is what you think is insignificant over here is going to look so beautiful over here. Let let me bring it home. The people you won't talk to over here, because they don't feel like they're important enough and convenient enough and can help you get where you need to get. See, that's why some of us have been passed over with certain things that people looked at you and they judged you on the flesh. Because you didn't look like you could do anything for them. But you were looking at them in seed form They were looking at you in seed form, but over here, they don't see what God made you to be. I'll get excited about that by myself. I just like that. God makes it clear that there isn't a harvest problem. John 4.31, and this is where we're going to wrap this up. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. Disciples were always trying to tell Jesus what to do, just like us. When we pray, Lord, do this, do that, do this. And he's saying, why don't you be quiet for a minute and let me tell you. He says, they were saying one to another because they still didn't get it. This was their entire life, the disciples. They never got what Jesus was saying. So they'd start talking to each other. No one brought him anything to eat. He's talking about he had bread that nobody knows about. Did did you bring him something? Did you bring him something? He said, I'm not even talking on your level right now. He says, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to accomplish his work. He said, do you not say there are four months and then comes the harvest? I'm going to shift your thinking right now. You're saying the harvest is coming. In four months, we'll do this. In four months, we'll do that. But here's what I'm saying. Behold, lift up your eyes. And look on the fields because they're white for the harvest. See, what you have said we'll do in four months, God is saying do now. What you have said, you know what, sometime in the sweet by and by, we'll be able to do this and we'll be able to do that. God is saying, no, I I need you to open your eyes. Look, look, I need you to see like I'm seeing. All you're seeing is seeing through your eyes right now. Somebody out there needs the healing touch that he's placed in you. Somebody out there needs to be reminded of who they are in Christ. Somebody out there needs to be reminded to keep on going, to not give up. But it's dependent on you opening your eyes, stop looking after the flesh and see that person for who I have made them to be. Procrastination prevents purpose. Anytime God gives us something to do and we wait, we're preventing what he wants to do in our lives. So true nourishment. Somebody, I've got to do this. You can't preach for 30 minutes and then not tell you what's in it for you. (laughs) Because we think like that. Whether we want to say it or not. Well, God, what's in it for me? There's something in it for you. True nourishment comes from fulfilling God's will. And accomplishing his work. You will get strengthened as you do what God has called you to do. you get strengthened as you walk by faith. You'll get built up as you do what God is calling you to do. Last thing, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, And here's the part that I want to leave you with. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's the principle that we'll close with. God's presence is attached to purpose. That's why he said, look, all authority is given to me. I have the power and the authority to tell you to go do this. You pray, God, be with me. God, be with me. He says, you know what, I'll be with you if you do this. So as long as you're willing to go, I'll go with you. So for some of us, that means as you close your eyes, just close your eyes. We're, we're, we're done. Um, as you go, some of us today have got to make the decision that we're going to stop going where God won't go. <laughs> God wants to use so many of us. He wants to bless so many of us. He, he wants to use us to make an impact in this world, in our community. But today, today's invitation is going to be a little bit different. As you Just close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking around. And For many of us, today is the day that we must decide. Yes, God, there's things I desire you to do in my life. There's things I want you to do in my life. But this is not about me. Your word says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. So so all the things that I'm worried about, he said, why are you worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear? Uh, he said, the, 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 the birds of the air, the lilies, of, they don't worry about it. And I take care of them. He says, here's what I want you to do. Seek first the kingdom. In other words, re, reorganize your life and put me first. And all of these things will be added to you. Some of you in this minute or so of prayer need to really, we need to really search ourselves and ask first, is God first? I mean, is he really first in my life? Is my life organized around what he wants for me? That's a hard prayer to pray. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because most of us, if we're praying it on a regular basis, we have to constantly move things. But Lord, my my, my blessing, my miracle, my healing, my freedom, the awareness of who you want me to reach, all of it is tied to you being first in my life. How many of you would say, I'm I'm saved, Pastor? Let's just have a, a a real moment here with everybody's head bowing. Everybody. How many of you say, you know what, I love God. A, I come to church. I've got to be honest with you, though, up until this point, I, I'm not sure that he's really been first. I mean, first, like priority. If that's you, don't. you don't have to keep your hand up just long enough for me to see who I'm praying for. Just slip your hand up and just say, I, you know, I'll be honest. I don't, hey, amen. appreciate the transparency in this room. All right. Now, how many of you would say this? You say, Lord, I'm not sure I know 100% how to put you first, but if you'll show me, I'm willing to do, I'm willing to try, willing to try to to put you first in my life. That's you. Just quickly put your hand up again. Amen. Amen. All over the room. All over the room. And then the last part, the last part, and then we're going to pray for all of these three things. You're here. And I promise the Lord I do this every week just because I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're here, and you, you've been battling sickness, whether it's physical, emotional, um, whatever. You, I'm not going to call you up, um, but I just want to know who we're praying for. That's you. Just quickly put your hand up, and then you might say, well, I put my hand up all the time. Keep putting it up, because we're going to keep praying until God moves. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. That hand up is just an act of surrender, saying, God, I'm putting it in your hands. I trust you. Father, in the name of Jesus, if you're here, you've never been saved. You've never been saved. Or you need to renew your commitment to the Lord. I, want, I don't want to leave you out. I want to pray for you. That's so important. Um, some people say you got to jump through 25 hula hoops and do this to be saved. No, you just have to trust that Jesus uh, died for your sins and commit your life to him. If, if you're here and you haven't done that or you need to recommit, just quickly put your hand up so I can include you uh, in this prayer as well. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We appreciate you. We adore you. Lord, open our eyes. Lord, and commission us to do what you've called us to do. Lord, empower us by your Holy Spirit to walk, Lord, uh, mission-minded, Lord, and really see the significant power that you've placed inside of us by your Holy Spirit to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we many of us have said, Lord, we, we couldn't honestly say that we put you first, but today we make a decision. Lord, if you'll help us, just help us, and we'll, we'll do what we can to put you first, and know that you will work out everything according to your will, according to your plan. Lord, we call forth the souls out there, those who've not heard you yet. Lord, we call them forth now in the name of Jesus from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord, you said go out and can men to come in that your house would be full. It's not about numbers God, but it's about souls that need to meet you. And so Lord send now your Holy Spirit. Lord give people who have not yet met you give them unrest in their heart, in their spirit until they come to know you. Let them know that there's not any true satisfaction apart from you. And now Lord, I speak over this entire body. I speak divine healing. I speak health over their bodies right now. I command every sickness to go. In the name of Jesus, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, I command it to go. In the name of Jesus, every count become aligned with your perfect design for the bodies, Lord, just as you have created it. In the name of Jesus, we declare that we believe the report of the Lord today. Regardless of what we're facing, what we're looking at, we believe that your word is true. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command every bondage, every shackle to be broken. In the name of Jesus, that your people would walk in freedom, they would walk in courage, and that they would walk in faith. And let everyone that agrees with that shout amen, shout amen. Come on and give God praise today. Come on and praise him. He's worthy of the praise. Just before I pray and dismiss you, um, we want you to, you know, you may be here and you, you want a personal touch. You want somebody to just pray with you. Our prayer team is up here. They'll be up here for the next few minutes. They'll pray with you about whatever you desire. Uh, that we pray with and just believe God for miracles uh, in your life. Um, and also, just as a reminder, hey amen, we're going we're gonna to get out. We're going to get out in the streets next Saturday and just there's people out there that need to know him. So we're just going to get out here. If you, you want to jump in with us, we'll about 1030, just meet us back, back there and we'll see what God does in that. It's going to be an exciting time. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your people. God, thank you. For letting us spend time in your presence. Your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand is pleasures evermore. As they leave I pray blessings upon their weak. I pray favor upon their weak. I pray decisions going in their favor upon their weak. I pray a full divine supply upon their homes and their household. I command the spirit of lack to leave. In the name of Jesus, the spirit of plenty to enter their homes, into their lives. I speak faith, I speak courage. And Lord, now we dismiss them with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.